Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Surley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They sure do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA is produced by our executive producer, Brad Nearman from Berserk Productions, Atlanta Lakes, Florida. Thanks, Brad. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Drew Gregory, Bassmaster Kayak winner down on Pickwick Lake. And this guy's got a great story about what happened to him on that tournament. I'm going to visit with Will Davis Jr. He just won the Bass Nation Championship. Uh, this will allow him to fish the elites for the next two years. And he also garnered an invitation to the Bassmaster Classic coming up in just a couple of months. Will Davis Jr. But first of all, let me turn it over to Dave Kranz. David, take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. How's it going, Dan? I'm good. That's good. You know what? You and I both worked uh, uh, several jobs in the outdoor industry, and I think we both get asked a lot, especially at sports shows, how do you get into this industry? And uh, I think we can give people a little insight on that. Yeah, I, I I think we can. I mean, we've both been doing this for a long time. I was on the retail sporting goods side um, as a floor salesperson and then into retail management and now into sales representation and now into sales management. And then you've obviously been in retail your whole life and you've been in the guiding thing and all that. So, I, you know, I, I think that, first of all, I would say, great industry most importantly to me is the people i get to run with i mean we we a lot of us share a common thread and we all have passion for what we do uh whether it's in business or whether it's on the water or in the woods or you know they're just people of high integrity and good character and i would say that about our our customers and it's, it's been a true blessing for sure but I, I dave i think the biggest thing that i would say specific to the topic about how you get into it is surround yourself around people that are into it and involved and just immerse yourself with it. And uh, I think when you do that, I mean, I started competitively bass fishing when I was young and I got into a bass club and got to know the owner of a sporting goods store. That's how it started for me. And I, I think anything we want to do where we want to get involved is to do just that, get involved. Absolutely. And it, it's a lot of work as in any industry, but it's also a lot of fun. But you have to work hard. And you said the word, you got to have a passion for whatever you decide to do. And in our industry, boy, you can write about it. You can you can podcast about it. You can work in retail. You can work in manufacturing. You can sell these products. There's so many different things that you can get involved with on this at every level in the sport fishing industry. But, you know, pick what you're good at and um and, and the companies you want to work for, make sure you know their products and, and, and have a passion for them and, and believe them. It's almost like when you're a, a pro staffer for a company, that would probably be a good uh, starting uh, point for somebody who's already fishing. And if you have some sponsors that you're working uh, with that their products, possibly those are avenues to get into the industry. Yeah, again, just surrounding yourself with people that are in it, whether it's on the social media side or hanging around guides or people that work in sporting goods stores, try to go to consumer shows, get to know people. You can meet manufacturers, reps and vendors and all those sorts of things. But, you know, one one thing that's really been interesting to me um, in doing this for as long as I have is in mo and I don't I don't think there's you can broad brush anything in entirety. But generally speaking, most people that work um in a in a field in in a lot of cases they don't want to do that when they're off you know it, they want to get away from what they do and people always say man dan you're around fishing all the time and what do you do when you're off well i put the boat in the water why <laughs> i don't know why that is i and i mean that with all sincerity and i think part of it is because i'm talking to people on a daily basis that get me fired up 
it's always something different or somebody's figured something out or we're talking fish stories all the time. So it's a very strange dynamic where a lot of us that work in this industry, all we want to do when we're not working is fish. And I'm, I'm not sure you can say that about a lot of industries. No, not at all. And and, and in a lot of the rep groups, they represent uh, fishing lines and hunting lines and sometimes clothing lines, things that, that go into the outdoors. So uh, sometimes it's not only fishing. Sometimes it's fishing and hunting. Well, that's right. And you'll see a lot of crossover there. For example, this week I'll be sitting in a tree stand and here in Iowa the end of the week, and I'm just as fired up about that as I am fishing the California Delta like I did yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, it really, there's a lot of crossover there. And I think one thing I mentioned earlier, and I really mean it, uh, the common denominator amongst the vast majority of people that we run with out here have a burning passion for the outdoors, whether that's taking care of the, the fishery or the hunting ground, you know, from an environmental advocacy standpoint, or whether it's getting better at catching them or uh, tracking something down, you know, it's just, it's a burning passion to try to get better. And I think that competitive edge comes out in you, whether it's in business or trying to catch one or just building relationships, but no matter where I go, all over the country, that passion is really a common thread. Absolutely. And and uh, I think a lot of people think that if you're in this industry, that you're fishing and hunting a lot more than we really get to because we are working hard. And uh, But I believe the trips that we get to go on and the opportunities we get are of uh, higher quality. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for everybody that works in the industry, but I don't get as fit to fish as much as I would like to. I mean, of course, we would like to go all the time, but I think you're right. The opportunities that we get because we're in this industry are aboundless. And not only that, but even if you're fishing within 100 miles of your house, the information that you get from other people, I've, I've learned more than I'll ever know times a thousand from other people. And that that's that has a, a, a lot of value. I, I I can talk to a Dave Kranz and he can teach me something that I can use on my local lake. And I wouldn't be as likely to talk to a Dave Kranz if I wasn't in this industry. So, again, immersing ourselves in it, loving what you do um, makes you makes you better every single day. Absolutely. And, and I think for younger people, high school and college students, uh, you and I both um, worked retail uh, jobs and, and that's probably a great place to start because a lot of times the, the people that you meet, the reps that come into these stores, I believe they do a lot of recruiting from taking top level retail employees and bringing them into a, a sales position or bring them into a, a pro staff position or something else that, that can help them greatly. You know, you're bringing up something I didn't know was going to come up, and I adamantly agree. I think I, I would recommend all young uh, people that want to get involved with this industry work, work retail first. And do that because you get all sorts of different types of customer interactions. You're dealing with the good things. You're dealing with the tough things on product complaints or warranty issues or people having a bad day or, you know, and I think that. It, 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 it weathers you and it gives you experience that is just critical. And not only that, if you do get on the sales side or the sales management side, you relate to those people that have been in retail much better than if you haven't done it before. And so I think what you said there, Dave, is a really good one. I, some, some young guy or gal listening out there that wants to get into this, go work for a sporting goods store for a while, even if it's for a year. Get your feet wet, meet the reps for contacts, that's great, but also rest assured that the experience you'll get from that retailer is critical in whatever you do going forward. Yeah, and, and it's life skills that will help you no matter what, uh, where you end up in the end, even though you may want to do this. Not many people get to do everything they want to do, but you learn uh, customer service. You learn you know, how to answer phones, how to deal uh, with money and credit card processing and, and things like that, how to, how to deal with sales when you're helping people out. And, and, and you get to teach people uh, what you know. And like you said earlier, you're going to learn a lot more than you knew. When you go to a store, you think, you know a lot about fishing if you work there for a year or two you're going to learn so much more than you even knew when you got there 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You're dealing with five customers and you haven't eaten lunch yet and the phone's ringing and you got nine things going on and the cash register isn't ringing up right and you think the whole wheels are coming off the bus. But 10 years later, you look back on that and you realized it prepared you for a lot. <laughs> I, I, I think retail is a great boots on the ground way to get in. Really, I can speak for this industry. Certainly, it, it's benefited me in spades for decades now. And I think that's great advice, Dave. Yeah, and, and uh, the product knowledge that you'll gain from seeing the products it, it, Every day, looking at them in a store, or, you know, even working part time a couple days a week, whatever, you're gonna you're gonna get to learn about products that you may have not have ever wanted to use because it was a walleye bait or a musky uh, tackle or something else. But you'll be more well rounded in the whole outdoor industry, and um, it, it's just a great great spot to start, and 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 probably could open up doors for you to you know, possibly guide on a local lake or, or, uh, or give lessons to people that have kids. You know, a lot of people don't know about the, how to fish. They didn't fish and their kids want to do it. You know, possibly you can do some private lessons, which is kind of like uh, guiding, except you're, you're doing more of an educational thing. Yeah, nothing more rewarding than teaching somebody to do something, having them come back to you at a later time and thank you for it is something you can't put a price tag on it. Those of us that have done it out there know what I mean. And those of us that haven't, I would suggest doing it no matter what your aptitudes are, what your talents are, pass them along. You know, I, I know that's, we could do a whole separate topic on that, but there's nothing more rewarding than that. Absolutely. Uh, one other thing I'm going to say that I think is to help everybody, um, if you have a conservation district or a park district or something that holds fishing events, if there's any way you can volunteer there, volunteering will get you to know a lot of the right people uh, for a lot of different reasons, including, you know, possible careers. But uh, and it's very rewarding to volunteer and, and, and help out. There's no question. And, you know, I, I, I would end it on this on my end is just be yourself, be honest, have integrity, work hard, do the right thing. You know, I think that's pretty cut, copy, paste to a lot of things you do um, in any industry you, you, you'd be involved with. But I say this in the fishing industry because it's very, very, very small. It, Dave, you know, you would attest. We go to ICAST, which is in Orlando every year, and you know everybody from all over, everywhere, internationally. It's a very small industry. So define your character early and espouse it and, and uh, you'll do very well. Yes, you will. And I always appreciate your insight, Dan. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Hey, thanks so much, Dave. Uh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, ready. sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. 
Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly has a passion for the outdoors. He is Drew Gregory. He is director of specialized fishing kayaks for Crescent Kayaks. He also won six tournaments this year out of his kayak, and he was angler of the year on the Bassmaster Kayak Series. Welcome to the program, Drew. Well, so glad to be here, and yeah, like you said, it's been quite an amazing run this year, so I cannot complain one, one bit. No, not at all. How long have you been doing uh, kayak series tournaments? You know, I would say kind of quote-unquote full-time, um, you know, where I'm really focusing on fishing at least 12, 13, 14 a year, you know, depending on if you make championship tournaments every year. I've been doing it three years. Okay, yeah, which is, uh, and to have six wins this year and angler of the year, and uh, that's pretty uh, darn good. Uh, it, that's going to be hard to repeat, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's, I don't want to be, you know, pessimistic. Like, there's only where only place to go is down because, you know, you can certainly continue to get better. And I could do this again, but it's the odds are probably not in my favor. So I'm just kind of soaking it all in because I know <laughs> how special this certainly must be. And, and I, honestly, I'm I'm driving back from the Hobie Bass Open Series Tournament of Champions, which is the championship there. Where I, I finished up in ninth in the Angler of the Year standings there. I had a decent finish here at the championship. But if I'm going to be completely honest, I am – so exhausted you know the kayak is a physical you know uh sport kayak fishing and so i'm just this year with that many wins and all that's gone on i'm just excited for for winter and that's about the first time you ever hear me say that <laughs> yeah you need sometimes you need a little downtime after the uh, uh fishing those those long tournament days and practice days and now on a right. kayak series um are there off limits in practice days for those it really depends on which series. Uh, the three national trails, you've got kayak bass fishing, Bassmaster Kayak Series, and Ho Hobie Bass Open Series. Bassmaster does have an off-limits. So, you know, you only get about three days of pre-fishing there. But other series, you can, you know, it's unlimited. It's kind of like the Bassmaster Opens. It's the Wild West. You can fish as much as you want. I, I typically like to have two and a half days of pre-fishing. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I get a little bit more if I'm fortunate. But, you know, I've got... Two young kids, a uh, four-year-old and a one-year-old. She turns one here uh, just just tomorrow. So, uh, you know, stay busy with the family at home and don't always get as much pre-fishing as I want. But obviously, it's uh, it's worked out just fine. It has. It has. And uh, now, uh, recently, uh, you just had a, a big win on Pickwick. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, that win was definitely one of the most special tournaments. I mean, there's so much to get into with that tournament, but I'll try to keep it short here. You know, basically, I knew that shad roam up the, the creeks in the fall, and it, depending on how far up they are, kind of depends on, how, you know, how many of the big bass are, are up there kind of following them. And I just kind of chose a creek that was uh, near the, the Tom Bigby Waterway, which connects the um, Alabama River System, which has the Coosa Strand, you know, spotted bass, the Alabama bass, technically mm -hmm. is what they're called. Yeah. And those get big, and they get long. In kayak tournaments, we use length, so... I strategically chose that creek and found found some long ones, man, some, some 18, 19, and 20 inches, and, and went up there way up a creek and, and won it. And uh, I was never even thinking about winning. I was thinking about I had a, kind of a lead in the AOI race because uh, I'd already had two first-place finishes and a seventh, and I just needed one more good finish because they take your top four finishes, Bassmaster does. And uh, so I was thinking about AOI and never even think, thinking about winning the tournament, and then somehow – I went again, which made it three in a row for the Bassmaster Kayak Series. The last three in a row, that was just just insane. That's pretty special to win, win three at any uh, level and at that level. That That's awesome, and, and uh, hopefully that uh, will continue uh, going forward for next year. Now, do they release the schedule uh, for next year? Do you go back to some of the same places, or do they change it around? We'll probably go to new places because Bassmaster usually has about five or six events. Uh, they're kind of new to the kayak game. You know, Hobie Bass Open Series and Kayak Bass Fishing, they, they go to some of the stops of the same and they've already released their schedules. But, you know, many of them are new. They try to throw in some new stuff, which is awesome because we love exploring new places in kayak. That's that's one of the things I love the most. So I yeah. kind of get tired just like you hear the major, you know, the, the bass pros all say, oh, we're kind of tired of going to the same places. So. It's cool that kayak mixes it up. And plus, we can cherry pick between the trails. We're not locked into 
finishing all of the events in one series. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, and you said that you guys uh, use length, which is uh, which is good. You 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 catch them, you release them, and, and uh, uh, how how many uh, days are your tournaments? They're two days, usually two days. Championships are sometimes three days, but two day tournaments over the weekend. Uh, you know, between the pre fishing and you know a few days, and the two days paddling or pedaling around, depending on if you have a pedal drive kayak, you know, you're just whip. But they're so much fun. The community is incredible, and the cost of entry into kayak is just amazing. Anybody out there listening to this, you can go. You know, I just paddle. You know, I paddle my Crescent kayak solely around, and you know, you can get into a good kayak for a thousand bucks. You know, the Sholey's fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars, but you can get, you can go to you know a big box store and buy yourself a little cheap four or five hundred dollar and get a paddle just like I do, no fish finder, and go have fun and compete at a high level in these events. You don't, you know, the cost of entry for big bass boat tournaments and what you kind of have to have on your boat these days is really is kind of getting crazy you know to be competitive but the cool thing about kayak is you really can't get into it for a low low cost and then maybe you work your way up to other stuff one day too yeah absolutely now when you uh fish out of a kayak you obviously can get into waters that that some of these big bass boats can't get into do you capitalize on that you know, I do. Uh, so it's it's interesting you say that because obviously that's that's why I got into kayak fishing is to fish those waters that the boats can't get to. So typically in a tournament, that's what I look for. Of course, other people in my tournaments are also in kayaks, so they can also access that kind of water. But the funny thing is, this past tournament here at the Hobie Bass Open Series Tournament of Champions, it was won on a spot where bass boats can get. And I'm talking the fish were loaded. If you were not in this section of the lake, you were not in that top 10 because mm. they just wrecked them. And everybody else, it felt like we were all in a different body of water. It was hard to get five fish a day, and they're catching, you know, 30, 40, 50, and 60 in big ones. So it's you can get sucked into a trap. You don't want to get sucked in where you just try to always focus on kayak on the water because the fish are going to be where the bait are and also where the habitat is that they prefer. So don't ever forget that little tip there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, they're gonna they're gonna be where they where they have food and cover and comfort and and that's where they're where they're gonna be. Is there a length limit on what you can measure? There is. You got to have at least a twelve inch at most tournaments. It's a twelve inch minimum. Okay, so it's similar to the the other tournaments where they have a minimum, whether it's a weight or a, a length and um, and that type of thing. No, that that's. Sure. Uh, what time of year do the kayak tournaments start? I mean, a lot of these start down south in the in the uh, you know the bass boat tournaments. They're starting in in January. Do you start that early? Yeah, I believe uh, kayak bass fishing is the first series as as the first tournament. It's the uh, last weekend of January. So, and then Hobie's got one already on the schedule for February down in Florida as well. Both of them are in Florida, Harris Chain and the Kissimmee Chain. So, like you said, start south and they kind of start working their way north and then maybe at the end of the year they head south again like we were here in, uh, in Shreveport on Cattle Lake in Louisiana. Yeah, and and the fall tournaments definitely can be be harder than than a spawn tournament, but but not necessarily because they they're they're more uh, concentrated on the bait, aren't they? Yeah, I mean that's what happened here at this tournament. They were they were in the section of the lake that had good healthy grass. Uh, you know, like a lot of lakes, they spray and kill a lot of the the floating sylvania especially here in texas east texas and louisiana they, they got issues with that so it also kills off unfortunately a lot of the good grass but th- this grass just happened to be kind of where the river met the lake and you got bait moving up that way that time of the year and the grass was there for the, the bass to hide in the ambush and man they they just absolutely smashed them excellent who who keeps you on the water drew oh man you know i gotta always of course say thanks to crescent real tree fishing um, they're amazing. They've been my headline sponsor all year. Uh, Z-Man lures. I, I tell you what, I catch 90% of my fish on Z-Man baits. I mean, the entire year. It's unbelievable because they just have such a filled out line of, of tackle. Um, and then 13 fishing rods and reels and Sunline for my line. You know, I've got uh, AFCO for, for clothing, Smith Optics, you know, Power Pole. I mean, Motor Guide. There's just so many. I can't list them all, but if you guys can follow along. Uh, it, you know, Drew Gregory fishing on social media, pretty much everywhere. You, you'll trust me; you'll see enough about them and uh, all that's good stuff. I wouldn't uh, obviously be with those companies if I didn't use the products first, and then, of course, got on the team. 
Yeah, absolutely. You uh, you have to have a passion for for the products you represent, and I I think uh, when you get a lot of high school and collegiate kids that talk to you, I'm sure you tell them that. Make sure you're familiar with the product and believe in the product before you go ask for sponsorship, and, and tell them what they uh, what you can do for them because it is about selling product. You can't sell something like with a straight face if you don't believe in it. You just can't. So you're right about that. No, absolutely. So any places that you're going to next year that you're particularly excited about? Well, I'm a river guy, and I know the, the new river's on the schedule for the Hobie Bass Open Series. And other than that, you know, a lot of the tournaments I won this year were on new bodies of water for me. You know, Lewis Smith Lake, Grand Lake. Um, i trying to think. There's one of them when I won up. Well, well, Pickwick had only been there once, and Champlain had only been there once before, and I wanted those fisheries. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, anything new, anything new on the schedule that, that uh, I can just go explore something new, because that's what it's all about to me. It's all about adventure. Excellent. So they can find you on uh, Drew Gregory Fishing and uh, and follow along and see what you do uh, going forward and uh, uh, look at all the uh, posts that you have had from this year, which was a phenomenal year. Six, six-time winner, angler of the year on the Bassmaster Kayak Series. Uh, just, just a great, great season. And uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you and seeing what you do uh, next year and wish you all, all the luck in the world. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for all you guys do, too, as well. Oh, no problem, Drew. Thanks for being on the program. All right. That was Drew Gregory. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA, the best star fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Sarling. My partner is Dave Kranz, but he's not here today. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting KeepAmericaFishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting ASAFishing.org. I'll tell you what, the future is very bright for the world of fishing, especially when you've got guys involved in it like our next guest. He is somebody who is just crashing the top ranks of professional bass fishing. He just won a big event on Pickwick Lake down in Alabama. He is the one and only Will Davis. Hey, Will, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Mr. Steve. I appreciate you having me on your show. I, I am a, I'm honored to have you. How old are you, Will? I am 30 years old. 30 years old? Boy, you just... Barely clearing that young fella thing I was talking about, huh? You'd be an old guy before you know it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been real. I was real fortunate to win at 
you know, period. But when at this age, it's really, uh, really good. Well, you just had a tremendous tournament at Pickwick. Like, not only did you win a bunch of money, you won a couple of awards that are going to uh, make sure that you keep fishing for the next year at least. Tell us what came with that win. Um, I got, I won um, a nice cash prize, and then I won, or I got to use a fully rigged Ranger for a whole year, and I uh, get a classic bird, and I get two years guaranteed on the lead series. You guaranteed, this guaranteed you a, a spot at Fishing the Classic, which is very, very limited. Uh, how excited were you to find out or to think about fishing in the Classic next year with some of those huge names that are going to be there? Oh, man, it's, it's a dream dream come true for sure. Um, I've Even since I've been a little boy, since my dad took me to Classics, you know, growing up and sitting in the nosebleed, huh? watching the guys go through the arena, you know, and I always told him, I said, Dad, I said, I'd love to be here one day. He said, you will, you will, and... Uh, it's just, you know, a dream come true. It's very, it was very emotional to get the, get the opportunity to have that feeling that, you know, hey, you're going to go to the Bassmaster Classic. Oh, I can't, can't imagine what that would be like, the Super Bowl of bass fishing. My goodness. And uh, you are now the reigning uh, Bass Nation champion. Uh, very, very cool. And uh, I think back to the day, the, the trophy that, I see you holding up on the internet for winning this uh, uh, Bass Nation Championship event at Picnic Wake is the Brian Kirchel uh, Trophy, and Brian was was the first one ever to qualify for the Classic from the Bass Nation Championship. And of course, uh, I hate to bring it up, but it would be you know rude to, to pass it by. Brian Kirchel died in an airplane accident shortly after his win, and and he will always be remembered and. You know, just dreaming about for what he could have been if it wasn't for the unfortunate uh, tragedy that he had. But uh, you're you're in there as a young guy. What what do you think the chances are of, of another rookie winning a classic? Yeah, you know it's like you said, it's a Super Bowl and it's going to be a tough tournament. You know, with all the emotions going into it. You know, it's very incredible what Brian done. Uh, me and my wife actually. My little girl watched a documentary on um, his parents and him and him his fishing career, and you know that was very special to watch him win that classic. You know, and such a tragic, tragic thing that happened. And um, you know, he would have been, you know, in my mind, he would have probably been the next Rick Clunn or Kevin Van Dam. You know, it was tragic. That it happened to him. A lot, a lot of a lot of people have said a lot of people have said that about Brian, and I, I agree with you. But you're, you're you're avoiding my question. I asked you what it, what if you thought another rookie could win in his first classic appearance. I'm asking you right there. Hey, Will Davis, can you win this thing? Um, I got the potential to if I can just keep the wheels on and find the fish, you know. Are you there? Gotcha. Yes, sir. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get you to say, you know, Steve, I can win this guy started thing. I know I can, but but you're not going to say that, are you? You're you're far too humble to, to make a claim uh, like that. Yes, sir. Yes, I try to stay humble. I stay hungry and humbled. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you went you went a few more tournaments like you did this past week. You're not going to be hungry for a long time, but I think you'll always be humble because I just read that as as being a major part of your personality. Is uh, you're not going to get ahead of yourself. I, 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 yes, sir. Are you looking at uh, the, what's coming up for the classic? You know, you'll be on the Tennessee River system. Have you ever fished that before? And if not, what are you doing to approach it? I have not fished uh, Fort Loudon or Teleco, you know. Um, you know, our off-limits goes January the 1st, um, all the way up to, I think, like the week before I had to look at it. So it's going to be off-limits three months before, and I've never been on that body of water. Um, I fish a river system back at home, the Coosa River, and I kind of 
know how it fishes that time of year and which they'll be a little bit behind us you know because they're north of um, Alabama so um it's gonna be it's gonna be probably a pre-spawn type deal and maybe maybe a few spawners you know um just had to really get up there and see what what the water temperature is and you know even if you can see them you know it might be might get a lot of rain it might you know what we call it back home might be blowed out so just had to get up there and figure out some areas and fish and baits that i got a lot of strength in that time of year and try to figure it out all right, and, and, and you'll you'll be you'll be uh, doing that tournament in the new boat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right, I'll, that, be in the, I'll be in the the new Ranger by the end. Yes, sir. That is cool. Well, I, I know I know that you have accepted uh, the invitation to the Bassmaster Classic. Now you've got an invite to the Elite Series for the next two years. Uh, have you accepted that? Yes, sir. I have. Yes, sir. How, I'm ready to. How long did it take you to accept that? Once the offer was made uh, on the on the stand when you won the uh, Pickwick Lake tournament. Uh, you didn't get the sentence out. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you knew it was coming and, and you were ready to make make the decision. That's a that's a big decision, isn't it? Uh, what, what are your considerations in doing that? Um, you know, since I've been a little. Little boy, and I always want to fish the classic and the elite series. And you know, I'm in a real good position in my life right now to, if I won this tournament, to go. And you know, and I want it, and I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Okay, excellent. It's a big decision. It's a, it's a lot of time commitment. It's uh, it's a huge financial uh, commitment. Uh, you, you're married. You've got a you've got a, a daughter, and uh, it's a big family commitment. So uh, it, it's it's not an automatic. You said you you didn't even have to get the sentence out, but I know you spent a lot of time thinking about this beforehand. No, uh, yes, sir. And I've got a lot of support from my wife and my family, and they're definitely going to be with me. You know, no matter what. So so it's definitely took a lot of pressure off of me too. Have you uh, you've looked at the uh, at the elite uh, schedule for twenty twenty three? I am sure. Yes, sir. And now you look at all of those places that they're going, uh, and uh, you know you're fishing down at Okeechobee, uh, Lake Seminole, uh, Tennessee River, Lake Murray, Santee Cooper, Lay Lake, uh, probably the closest to home for you that I can see on this list down in Alabama. Uh, uh, Texas, uh, then up north, St. Clair, Champlain, uh, St. Lawrence, chasing smallmouth in, in the at the end of the year. Uh, be a lot going. H have you fished any of these bodies of water before? Uh, the only two lakes I've fished, Mr. Steve, has been Okeechobee and Lay Lake. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Do, do, does any of that... Uh, uh, cause your knees to be shaking a little, saying, "Man, oh man, I got to go up and fish light line, uh, uh, you know, uh, fluorocarbon and uh, uh, plastics up in uh, up in uh, the the northern part of the country." Does that intimidate you at all? No, sir, it don't. Um, and it falls back to being from Alabama. We got a lot, which we don't have smallmouth on Macusa or these reservoirs around here, like Lake Martin, Smith Lake, and. But, you know, we do a lot of drop shot down here on these clear lakes, and we fish deep for spots. And the spotted bass are, they kind of act like a small mouth. Yeah. And um, I'm actually looking very forward to it. I'm, I'm more excited about going up north than I am to Lake Okeechobee. Huh. Uh, for sure. For sure. You know, a lot of people uh, uh, who might be thinking, now oh, this guy can't go north and catch smallmouth. You, you proved them wrong right away because uh, you did pretty well uh, via the smallmouth down at Pickwick in this last tournament you won, didn't you? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell us about that big one. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, we always, always have our favorite uh, fish catch. I can tell you right now, Mr. that fish right there. You know, I was fishing the tail race up there, and, I threw out there the last morning about 8 o'clock, and I was drifting, or not drifting, I was letting the current work my my dad's uh, bait, um, the shaky fish, and I can get into that in a little bit, but I was taking that, and 
just let it bounce through the rocks and we've been catching a lot of drum up there and i threw it up there and, and thumped it and i swooped my rod and i said man it's a big old drum you know because yeah. all my other small mouth they jumped and this one didn't well it got me hung up in the rocks and all that stuff and i got him out of it and he comes upside the boat and had no idea and it was raining i couldn't hardly see and he comes up and jumps or tries to jump side the boat and I, I just kind of freaked out for a second and just got down there and I reached down to grab him and he jumps over my arm and he goes to the boat and he comes back up there and I, and I grab him and put him in the boat and man, I acted like a little kid at Christmas. <laughs> first Christmas. Oh, I would have liked to have seen that. I can't imagine well, that. I always remember that. For, for everybody, uh, for those people out there who never caught a smallmouth, uh, uh, they 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 got some spirit to them. Uh, they 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 tend to fight better than largemouth, and and a five pound smallmouth is probably equivalent to an eight or nine pound largemouth uh, in in spunk and uh, in in nastiness. And and I'm thinking, you know, you know what catching that five pounder was like. Uh, it's been all over the internet about a, a guy named named Gallagher who up north on the Canada border caught a ten pounder the last couple of weeks. Can you even imagine what that would be like for Pete's sake? <laughs> no, sir. That's that, I promise you, he had his hands full. Oh man, I tell you, what, I don't know who was more nervous, him or the guy with the net. Uh, because I think if I was the net guy and I would have done anything to lose a fish like that, I I'd be afraid I'd be killed by the guy that was holding the rod. Yes, sir. Oh, Absolutely. What a thrill that would be. Hey, speaking of thrills, I'm thrilled to have with us Will Davis, who is a young professional bass fisherman who will be fishing the elites the next two years and making an appearance in the Bassmaster Classic because Will Davis was the winner of the Bass Nation Championship Tournament on Pickwick Lake just last week. We're happy to have him with us, and uh, we're going to tell you a few things about Will Davis you don't know, and it's an interesting tale to be sure. I'm Steve Sarley. This is We Fish ASA. We will be right back. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Surley. My partner Dave Kranz is not here. Don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. And with us is Will Davis, Bass Nation champion for 2022, winner of a bunch of cash, the, the rights to use a brand new boat for the year. What, what kind of boat and what kind of motor, Will? Well, uh, it'll be a Ranger. I don't know the, because I fish out of a Nitro, and uh, I don't know the 
the brand name. Of uh, it'll it'll be exciting to see because I know they're going to take good care of you. You you also got uh, uh, the the uh, you got the honor of fishing in the elites for two years and an invitation to the upcoming Bassmaster Classic. Uh, I don't think anything could be more exciting for somebody breaking into the big-time ranks than doing it the way that you did. On the back of your tournament jersey, Will Davis, does it say Davis or does it say Davis Jr.? It says Davis. It says Davis, but you are da you are Will Davis Jr. Who is Will Davis Sr.? Should we know who he is? Um, yes, sir. He's... Uh He's my dad, and he—he's the owner of uh, Davis Bait Company, Villatalga, Alabama. Excellent, and he—he's—he's a, he's a well-known fisherman and an even more well-known bait manufacturer. I have heard people say that Will Davis Sr. is the inventor of the shaky head jig. Uh, he doesn't have his name on it because I don't know if it's something that was patentable at the time. But it's pretty well regarded that he did invent that technique of fishing, which when it hit the water, was about the hottest thing in the world of fishing. No, ain't no doubt. No, tell us how he came up with that and tell us what it meant to you and your family for him to have invented such a great bait. Um, you talking about you talking about the shaky head? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He... He started, uh, I guess, his business about 30 years ago, um, full-time. He used to work at Kimberly Clark, and he um, he started, uh, he got he wouldn't spend enough time with me, you know, because of his work, and he was going to make that change, and he prayed about it, and it's the best decision that he's, uh, he'll tell you the same, best decision he ever made, and best decision, you know, it changed my life because he got put me in this position today. So he started his business, and his first lure was a shaky head. And he, uh, you'd have to talk to him sometime to get more deep in detail with it. But he, um, he just tried to figure out how to make lures better, and he figured out you know, that this uh, round jig head with a worm on it will catch a lot of bass, and he named the shaky head. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I wonder uh, I wonder if your dad's ever gotten a thank you note from uh, Mike Iaconelli, who I I want to say really popularized that, and I think a lot of people would would uh, say, oh yeah, Ike invented the shaky head. No, he just won a lot of money with the shaky head. It was invented by uh, by William Davis Senior. and and popularized uh, by others. And uh, I think I pretty much got that story down right, but. It's darned effective. And you know what? The shaky head jig revolutionized the world of bass fishing because I think that more guys were uh, at the top of their game were power fishermen. You know, you, you, you just bring up Kevin Van Dam, for example. What's Kevin Van Dam? Oh, yeah, Kevin Van Dam, power fisherman. Man, that guy's like a machine. Boom, boom, boom. Man, he can, he can uh, get out more casts per hour than anybody on the planet. And then all of a sudden, people started slowing down, and the shaky head looked good. And man, it was taking fish. And now it added a new, uh, a new nuance to fishing. You had to know when to power fish and when to finesse fish. There was no finesse fishing before. What what is it now? What do you specialize in? What do you feel you need to do more of to be a winner? I feel like you got to let the conditions tell you and speak to you. And um, years and years of fishing and knowing what to do when it gets cloudy, know what to do when it gets sunny, windy, and all that stuff. You know, I, I my uh, my best way I fish is power fishing, and I will slow down. You know, but spinner bait, crank bait, um, swimming a jig. Um, throwing a spook, any type of stuff I can cast and reel in pretty quick, I feel at home. Uh -huh. But I will, but drop shotting, you know, when it calls for that, or throwing a shaky head, or or throwing one of our jigs in a brush pile, or on a ledge, or something, you know, I can do that. That's a, that's a good thing. It's okay to have preferences. Uh, you know, you can say, man, I really, I really like throwing a spinnerbait. Uh, and that's good, and, and 
it'll win you money when the tournament is providing conditions that that is what is needed, but you've got to be able to switch to the other things. And it sounds like you've worked hard, you have worked hard to figure out the other ways of fishing. Yes, sir. And you got to be, to win in this day and age, Mr. Steve, you better be versatile because uh, it's like Gerald Swimmel said one time, they serve humble pie in this thing every day, <laughs> and they do. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? There, there was no humble pie served at, at Pickwick Lake because you did darn well. You were in second place after the first day. You were in second place after the second day, and bam, you filled the box with enough fish to sneak into first for the last day and get the championship. Tell us what the tournament was like. How, what were the conditions? How did you fish it? And did you make changes from day one to day two to day three? Well, <clears throat> off limits went. We had a one-month period where we couldn't fish the lake. Before that, I made seven trips up there, and it was tough then, you know, and, but I found out some stuff up there at the tail race, and I wanted to find the largemouth, too. So I went down the lake and... Just fish a bunch of shallow bars and try to march stunts with all my units and everything. And thank goodness that I screenshotted every one of my waypoints that was up there because I changed boats and I didn't know this when my SD card got overloaded and it didn't save none of my waypoints. Oh, oh my goodness. So, so the day, the week before I went up there, I'm I'm spending four hours a night putting waypoints in and naming them and everything, you know. And it was it was a hectic show. But with that being said, um, I felt like you know I had a couple of days up there where I caught twenty pounds, and one day I had twenty seven pounds up there. And and you know pre pre practice before the off limits. Well, we get up there and there's a front coming in, um, cloudy and rainy and all that stuff during just pre-practice well it really wasn't setting up you know like the tournament day so i just kind of scrambled around i caught two keepers one day and one keeper the next day but i mean i didn't hit none of what i call the juice because there was so many boats around up there towards the dam and everything and you know and i just knew what areas i wanted to fish up there and i just didn't want to give it away and so the tide kind of changed, but the, the, the weather changed. Um, actually, the first, the, what we call pre-practices, uh, the official pre-practice where you have your co-angler from, from your state. They do like a mock run through the whole tournament. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, like the weigh-in and everything. So we, uh, we go out there, and I catch one keeper that day. And, and, I, and I run largemouth stuff again that day just trying to get it to go and i just couldn't get it fired up so so the first day of the tournament i run uh i think i'm, I'm boat 10 and way up there to the dam where i told you the juice was in my mind i'm sitting up there and i catch a two pounder and um then i catch another one about i don't know probably three or so and i'm looking at my watch and next thing i know it's 10 30 and i ain't had another bite huh? i told my co-angler um which was from nebraska and i said we've got to run down river to coffee slough i said i found some you know i caught one keeper there yesterday and let's go down there and and uh mess around for a few minutes so i'll run down there it takes about i don't know seven eight minutes to get down there down there i make 20 cast the bait was not there the day, day before the bait was everywhere and i told uh told him that and i just wasn't seeing the bait so i made literally i don't know 20 cast in there on the on the high percentage of places and i said we got to go i run all the way back up there to the dam and um actually i stopped on another place excuse me i stopped on another place right there by mcfarland and I never got bit there. So I run back up there where I started, and they was running more water. Well, what I mean by that is 
they was running, I don't know how many turbines, but the, the CFS was like 40 thousandths at 11 o'clock. Uh-huh. And, and that morning it was 10 thousand CFS, really low, very fish not really that active because the current's not got, you know, the fish moving around and are positioned right. Those are really roaming. And when I pulled back up there, um, they had 40,000 running. And um, and three casts, as soon as I got there, I caught my other three fish, and that was it. That was it. And the second day, I pulled up there, and uh, I, I done made my mind up. I said, I'm going to live or die right here on this spot. Well, at one, uh, that day I weighed in at 2.30. First day I weighed in at 2. Well, at 1.30, I had, no, 1.20, I had two fish, three fish in the box. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I said, I got to catch at least two more. Yeah. Well, at 2, two o'clock, I caught, I caught a 4 something and one almost three. That was my toughest day, the second day. Oh, he had, well, had to be sweating. I was. I was. Uh, especially with the leader still whipping my hiney, you know. Yeah. Um, so the third day, we get to fish by ourselves. And um, let me say this. The second day, I had a guy, a guy from uh, Zimbabwe. And uh, <laughs> no his first name was uh, Mr. Fraser. I don't know his last name. But both my co-anglers were super nice. Um, I couldn't ask for better co-anglers. And that, and that really helps a boater in, you know, a high-stress tournament, you know. Um, so the third day, we get to fish by ourselves. And I wake up that morning, and it's, it's raining. And, I, and that's, it's just one of the mornings that, you know, you dream about fishing current at the dams, you know, it's raining, the wind's blowing. I pulled my phone up. Instead of running 10,000, they've already got it at like 30,000 CFS. And I'm like, I felt it in my bones. You know, I just felt like it's going to be a good morning. Yeah, yeah. I pull up there. I run all the way up there, sit down. I pull in a, I make a couple casts in another little place I got up there, and I catch a two-pound large mouth. And I pull out there on my shaky fish hole. First cast, I get a two-pounder. The next cast, I catch a five-four. And 10 minutes later, I burn my dad's uh, X-wire spinnerbait, uh, a peacock color. Um, it's, a, it's a great color for smallmouth and spotted bass. I burned it down the, about, uh, uh, the, let's see, that'd be the wing wall up there. Yeah. And I burned it down it and caught a three-and-a-half-pound smallmouth. And about, I don't know, 30 minutes later, I threw out there again on my shaky fish spot and caught a two-pounder, and that was it, done. Uh, I mean, it was like 8, 8.30, I was done. Uh, I couldn't get another bite the rest of the day. I just knew I just knew at 8.30 I was going to make the fast match classic. I didn't know I was going to win it. It was just it was just a magical and you know an awesome feeling. The good thing was that it was enough to do it, and it's a great story. It's all history now, man. Thank you for being with us. We got to spend time with Will Davis Jr., Bass Nation Championship winner down on Lake Pickwick. Got himself the use of a boat for the next year. A big check. An invitation to fish the Bassmaster Classic and the opportunity to fish the elites for the next two years. Boy, this guy is doing great, and we'll be hearing a lot more about him and all of the great things he's doing in the sport of fishing over the next couple of years. Will Davis Jr., thanks for being with us. We appreciate it, and good luck. I'll see you at the Classic, my friend. Thank you, Mr. Steve. Thanks for having me on the show. Anytime, Will Davis Jr. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guests, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Drew Gregory, kayak fishing champion on the Bassmaster Circuit, just won the big tournament down at Pickwick Lake, and I was with Will Davis Jr. Wow, this guy is walking on air. He's invited to fish the Classic. He's joining the Elite Series. Will Davis Jr. Wow. I'd like to thank our sponsor, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. 
and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They do. Daiwa reels. If you like what you hear, please let us know. You can always reach us at our website, wefishasa.com. I'm Steve Surley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. professional angler Kevin Van Dam and people always ask me what's the best and easiest way to catch fish well that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter you know tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move pitch them in the trash do your part and join me visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it